Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all the way if you keep on the sunny side of life. Hi, my name is Joe Martin. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Toledo, Washington. A lot of you know that I've been sick for a week or so, but I'm better. I'm going to be there to teach my class tomorrow night. I'm all all good. Um, man, we went, it seemed like I I went inside. I was wearing shorts, and now I'm out in the at, doing a cabin talk back in in um, my winter weather material got my gloves on I just want to thank you for taking some time and I especially want to thank you so many of you that through these last uh, few years uh, through a lot of um, upheaval both in our own lives and in our our community in our country I want to thank you for your amazing amount of faithfulness and loyalty to um, your covenant with one another and your commitment to one another your generosity and your uh, faithfulness and it's been so great even though I missed a week a couple weeks um, doing my Wednesday night class which is a question and answers it's just a format like that you can come and ask questions um, I, I'll answer it out of the Bible if I can't answer it out of the Bible I will uh, we'll, we'll just have a conversation with each other maybe wrestle with those questions together um, I really hope you come. It starts at um, 6.30 on Wednesday nights. Uh, some of you, I missed you. And, of course, some of you had come while I was, not, while I was gone. And that, that really uh, that was encouraging for me to hear. But it was also made me sad that I missed you. Um, um, this week, we're in the book of Luke. And we're talking about prayer. And we'll be beginning that conversation in Luke chapter chapter. Um, 11. But, you know, I want to take the little, the passage from Matthew a little bit uh, that relates to it about prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins or our trespasses as we forgive those who sin against us. I want to talk to you today a little bit about forgiveness. You know, if there's anything that is going to get us unstuck, if there's any way that we're going to be able to really grow and be the people of love that we need, we've got to make forgiveness more than just an idea, more than just some concept or some ideal. It was central to living for Jesus. It is, and it's really hard. You know, when you're betrayed and you're hurt and you're rejected and you're excluded and you're and you just are absorbed a lot it's easy for you to say man that's enough but i want to talk just a few moments on this issue of forgiveness because if we don't get this right if we really can't pray this prayer every day and mean it 
Father, forgive me exactly like I'm forgiven these other people. If we can't pray that prayer, we're in trouble at the heart of our relationship with God and our prayer life with God. I love what um, one writer I've been reading says that it is only through forgiveness that we get unstuck from the past. Another writer said, another person said that it is without forgiveness, there is no love. And we can't grow in love unless forgiveness is a part of it, unless it's a central part of it. So there's many reasons why we struggle with forgiveness. But I want to say the only way we're going to be able, there's all this talk about um, about polarization and division in our country. There are people that um, have different ideas about this. As a matter of fact, there are really three primary ideas that are in the cultural conversation right now. There is what I believe in, what the Bible teaches, is unconditional forgiveness, which is something only God can help us with. That forgiveness, like those Amish families when their children were killed a number of years ago, that forgave the the perpetrator and forgave the family and communicated that to them. Now, most of us say things, and I know that you say, um, that... Um, Oh, I can't forgive people. I could never do that. I could never, if somebody hurt my family or one of my kids, I'd never be able to forgive them. Well, you know, some of you have to start, you know, you, you think like that because you think in these absolute terms. You know, you can't even forgive, you know, your relative who disagrees with your politics or you can't disagree, you can't forgive your neighbor who, who tooted his horn at you when he's going down the driveway. You know, you got to start with something small. If you're that cheerless and graceless, you're going to have a tough time forgiving anything hard. You know, Jesus was the one that prayed, "Father, forgive them for they don't do not know. They don't they know not what they're doing." You know, we have to choose to do that too. And that opens a choice to do it over and over again. These ideas about forgiveness in our day, there's unconditional forgiveness, what Jesus showed us, and that we have to practice, and we have to choose, and choose, and choose daily, and uh, till it becomes practice. But then there is what we, there is a popular one, and oftentimes people practice, it's called, called transactional forgiveness, which is I'll forgive you, but you're going to have to do this and this and this. You're going to have, and of course, there's certain things in our society, certain public sins that doesn't matter what you do. There'll be nothing you could do. There's no transaction to atone for your failure, whether it's you said the wrong thing 14 years ago on Facebook or whatever. Um, this is very, very common. The transactional forgiveness. The problem with transactional forgiveness is it's very much rooted in our kind of radical individualism that says, I get to decide when you're done. And most of us are never um, satisfied with an eye for an eye, with even with restorative justice. We are, um, there is a, there's a kind of, it turns very quickly into a revenge kind of thinking. 
And this is why we have hundreds of thousands of family members that as we head toward Thanksgiving aren't going to be there. They don't speak to each other. They don't have anything to do with each other because they operate in their minds in a transactional forgiveness. There'll have to be certain things that are done, but the goalpost will always get moved because the heart is so settled in its resentments and its grievances. The, um, the third and really most, uh, becoming the most common, especially among younger people is the belief in no forgiveness. There is no forgiveness that as a matter of fact, um, people literally write things that say that forgiving people, uh, is immoral. It's wrong. And if you forgive people at all, you give the idea that they can do whatever. Um, we use a lot of terms right now for relationships that are really out of place, but they're used all the time. I probably used them too. You know, we talk about that person is toxic. Now, what that means is that person is literally poison. Um, uh, we used to have terms like, we used to say things like, that person is sinful, but we believe that I'm sinful too, and we can all fall into that. But this, we've switched words around so that we can be, create a kind of sinless perfectionism uh, among, um, it's delusional, but it's something we think. And that way, I can not forgive people. I can indefinitely, um, an unending conflict is the only thing that that no forgiveness offers us. You know, I tend to look around, you know, we had an election this week. I'm recording this. I don't know what happened. There's always for sure going to be people that are mad. And I've said many times, you can't help a bunch of angry people if you're one of them. You know, I've had people that were angry at me because they felt like I didn't side with who they were siding with, even though they didn't know who I was siding with, because that's not in my, that's not on my menu. Um, but I, I do, I do want to say that it, all this talk about polarization and alienation and division and how are we going to bridge that gap? There is no bridge for that gap apart from forgiveness. Forgiveness is what has to happen. If we are going to heal our country, we're going to have to begin to practice. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to learn how to forgive. And it seems like the Christians that have their founder, um, the Christ of the Christians, whose number one contribution was forgiveness, ought to be the ones that start it. If there's going to be healing in your family, it's going to have to begin with forgiveness deeply. If there's going to be healing in your church, our church, we're going to have to have forgiveness. We're going to have to forgive each other. If there's going to be healing in your inner life, there's going to have to be forgiveness there too. And all of that is predicated on the fact that God will forgive us. And because he's so deeply forgiven us, that the outcome is, is that if we're going to walk in fellowship and reflect him, we're going to have to practice forgiveness too. I'm going to touch on this Sunday. I hope you come. I hope you bring people. hope you invite people. Please come because I didn't get to see you. All right. And I missed you. I like seeing a, a lot of you. I saw you bringing your kids and, you know, your younger kids. And it's good to see them and good to see you. 
you know, I, I, I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God causes you to grow and abound and increase in love toward one another, toward all people, and most of all, toward God. Thank you for watching.